Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So I wanted to talk about something that everybody who does therapy understands, but probably most of the rest of the world has no idea. And that is all the stuff that happens in therapy where we go, what the fuck? And everybody who does therapy knows exactly what I'm talking about. But like I said, not everyone in the outside world knows what these experiences are. So the first one is this idea that we don't get thank yous. And it's, it's not, what the fuck, why don't we get thank yous? It's more like thank yous come in sideways a lot. I mean, every once in a while, I'll get these genuine thank yous at the end of somebody's treatment, or if they've been out of therapy for a while, they'll sort of drop a line and just say, hey, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm so appreciative of all the, of all the work we did together, et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, thank yous come out sideways or not at all. And so one of the ways that happens is a person will come into therapy and they'll say something like, someone told me something really profound last week and I don't remember who it was, but it really changed things for me. And then they'll proceed to tell you this whole thing that someone else told them, but in fact, it was you and it was part of the therapy session, but they just don't remember that. Or they'll say something like, my cousin Jimmy told me this thing last week and it really changed things for me from my perspective. And it's like, yeah, that was part of your therapy session. Now, usually I don't say anything, but it's just kind of funny is that they'll give credit to some non-mental health worker in their family or one of their friends and, and forget that it was actually part of the session. Now, other times we'll get people coming in saying, I just want to let you know that things really changed for me after you said what you said last week, right? And so we're trying to figure out, okay, what did we, what was the thing that we talked about that was so profound? And we're going back over the session in our minds, thinking about all these different profound possibilities that we believed happen, happened in that session. And then they'll say something like, remember when you were walking me out the door and we were talking about food and you were saying that salting raw vegetables does the trick in terms of softening them? Well, I took your advice and I did that and it really made a difference for my broccoli. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I'm glad that's what you got out of our session. So that's another way. Something else that happens is they'll say, you know, you gave me some advice, which the word advice is sort of a red flag to begin with. And I really took it to heart and I really did what you told me to do in our last session and it made a difference. And they'll tell you something that you supposedly said to them that you never would have said to them. You told me that I should really confront my mother, and so I did that. It's like, okay, I never told you to confront your mother, but okay. <laughs> and then another one, actually, I heard this just last week from another therapist who had seen a client that he hadn't seen in quite a few years, and then just something recent came up for the client, and they returned to him. 
and they said, um, remember when we were working together a few years ago and you did this intervention where you did this, this, and this, and it really made a difference for me. And the therapist was telling me, he's like, I never did that. I never would have done that given the circumstances of this particular client and what was going on in their life. And yet they think I did this. So it's really kind of funny because I don't know exactly what people are thanking us for. So that's the whole thing with thanking us is really kind of, you know, it does get warped. So that's not the only thing that makes us say, what the fuck? There's other things too, like when somebody's in therapy and you're talking to them about their situation and they're clearly, you know, making some poor choices in their life and they know it and you know it, and yet they're really unwilling to admit it. And so you'll say things like, do you really think it's a good idea for you to be saying that to your boss or... And they'll go, well, you know, yeah, but, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And so, and then then they'll talk about some other poor choice that they're making in their life, and you'll sort of reflect that back to them. And they'll go, yeah, but... And then the whole situation, the whole session, becomes a whole bunch of yeah, buts. And so they're not sort of getting anything out of this session. It's almost like, why are you here? Basically, everything I'm saying to you is something that you're rejecting. And I don't know why you continue to come and you continue to pay me (laughs) because everything I say ends up ending with a yeah, but and a justification for your behavior. Or actually, a lot of times it's a yeah, but that has to do with their emotions. And so they'll tell me some really sad story about something that happened during the week. And I'll say something to the effect of, well, that must have been really hard for you. And that must have been very sad for you. And then they'll go, yeah, but I'm okay right now. And it's a way of just kind of turning things around into the positive and leaving the topic and avoiding the topic And again, nothing is getting done in therapy when people do this. And I've talked about this before, the idea that um, our society is really big on putting a positive spin on everything. And that will actually happen in session. And that's part of the yeah, but thing. But in general, it happens on its own. The idea that Um, people come to therapy because they're presumably working on problems, but, but people will come in and they'll try to put a positive spin on all their problems. You know, this was a huge struggle for me, but I, I'm dealing with it and it's all going to be fine in the end. And they try to positive spin everything because I guess they believe that that is what's supposed to be happening in their life, that they're supposed to be 
thinking more positive about everything, including all of their struggles. Like somehow that's the only way that they're going to get better. And it's like, what the fuck? Why are you here if everything's so great, right? If you can make a positive or if you can put a positive spin on every problem you have in your life, what do you need me for, right? I'm just a downer. I'm just going to drag you down. So what the fuck? So another thing that comes up for us is the idea of what clients think is chemical versus what is actually chemical. And I, I think I have talked about this before that I do believe in medication for some people sometimes, but not everyone all the time. And so, you know, I always try to communicate with psychiatrists who are prescribing medication uh, as necessary to, in order to make sure that we're on the same page about things and that the person is getting the proper treatment and all of that. But a lot of times I think that clients are influenced by what's going on in our society. And so they will make determinations about their own mental health because they want to choose the path of least resistance. And so a lot of times people will say, well, I don't like that anxiety feeling, so I need to get medication to stop that anxiety feeling. And I've said this before, instead of like actually leaving the situation that's causing the anxiety. But what will happen is that we will see people in therapy uh, who are also on medication, and a lot of people in therapy are on medication, but they'll claim that all kinds of negative things that are happening in their life are related to something chemical in nature. And, and they'll say something to the effect of like, I don't know why I can't stop crying. It just started last week and there's something wrong with me chemically, clearly. So I've got to go back to my psychiatrist and up my meds. You know, we'll just kind of look at the client and go, okay, but didn't your grandma die like last week? And weren't you very close to her? And do you think that maybe that has some effect on you? And maybe that's why you're crying more than you were the week before. And they're like, no, 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 it's, uh, it's definitely something chemical. I mean, I was just so upset. So obviously it's just something chemical that's going on and they'll completely minimize some crazy horrible thing that happened in their life that should be upsetting for all intents and purposes but they'd prefer to take a pill to make it go away and then of course they're disappointed when they take another pill and it doesn't go away and then instead of saying well maybe it was my grandma's death that caused me to become upset. Instead of saying that, they'll say, this psychiatrist doesn't know what he's doing. I'm on all the wrong meds or the dosage isn't high enough. And I just need to, to figure out, maybe I need a new psychiatrist. And it's like, well, no, your grandma died. It has nothing to do with anything chemical. It makes sense that the meds aren't working for this particular situation and they'll just go and they'll go back and insist 
that it's chemical in nature, no matter what. It's like, okay, what the fuck? So another way this comes out is that people will decide to start messing around with their medication when they feel like something is going wrong. And again, it's probably something big and terrible that happened in their life. And so the meds aren't really reaching it because it's about the situation. And people will come into therapy, right? And I'm a psychologist. I have a doctorate of psychology. I am not a medical doctor. And they will say, well, the meds weren't working, so I decided to take two instead. And it's like, wait, what the fuck? You can't just take more psychotropic medication. And then they'll say something like, well, I wasn't feeling well. I was having some heart palpitations and uh, maybe I'm having anxiety. It's like, oh, okay. Or maybe you doubled your meds and you're having side effects from that. But it's amazing to me how people are so casual about changing up their meds instead of recognizing that the situation, the particular situation that they are in has caused them more anxiety or more depression, that it's easier to just say it's the pill or it's something wrong with the pill or it's something wrong with the doctor rather than saying like, hey, maybe I'm feeling bad this week because I just got broken up with or somebody died or I just got rejected or I got in a fight with someone. Instead of taking a look at that, people will prefer to mess around chemically. So what the fuck? So there's another thing that happens in therapy that actually therapists have a name for. It's called the hit and run. And the hit and run is something that happens like in the last two to five minutes of your therapy session. And, you know, it usually starts like this. The client comes in, they don't have anything particularly out of the ordinary to report this week. You have a semi-superficial conversation, maybe a couple of things come up. And then at the end of the session, they're like, oh, yeah, um, I did try to attempt suicide on Wednesday. See you next week. And... You're like, wait, what, what, what the fuck, what are you talking about? Oh, well, you know, and then, you know, it's like, I put 15 minutes between clients. And so then, you know, I, I hope to patch it up in the 15 minutes before the next person shows up, but you know, and a hit and run doesn't have to be like a suicide attempt or sometimes it's like suicidal thoughts that they didn't mention um during the session um sometimes it's like oh yeah uh you know my partner and i broke up after seven years uh okay you didn't think that that was relevant to talk about in therapy what the fuck aside from the hit and runs at the ends of sessions um there's also sort of this issue with what people thought 
was relevant to talk about in therapy. And it's really strange because when we do our intakes with people, um, we try to ask about everything possible. Stress in the family, child abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, marriages, divorces in the family, mental health issues. I mean, we try to cover it all from being in the womb until now. And usually most of us are pretty darn thorough about that. But we all have this experience of working with someone for a very long period of time. You know, sometimes it's like two years. And, and then out of the blue, the person will tell us, well, you know, I was sexually abused for about three years when I was a kid. And you're like, wait, what, what, what the fuck? Like, why didn't you tell me this in your intake or, or the la at all during the last two years that we've been working together? And usually people will say, well, I didn't think it was really relevant because my problems are about what's going on with me right now. And I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that I was sexually abused back then. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I think our therapy needs to go in a totally different direction now because there's some stuff here that probably needs to be worked on. And I think sometimes people need to build up trust before they talk about stuff like that. And so they do wait a very long time and figure out that they can trust you before they actually tell you the big things. And then there's a lot of people, on the other hand, who truly believe that all this major stuff that happened in their life, earlier in their life, is somehow totally irrelevant to whatever problem they're having in the present. And it's just like, okay, what the fuck? Now, the other side of people leaving out relevant information that would help therapy move along is the other side of that, where people get really focused on irrelevant situations that they believe are super important to the grand scheme of their life. And so it'll come out like this. A person will come in, they'll talk about some kind of altercation that they had with some rude person who was working at a department store. And they'll kind of focus in on that. And as therapists will say, okay, well, this seems like a bigger issue that has to do with you getting in fights with people or you getting along with people in general. And maybe we should take a look at this as something for us to work on. And then the person will bring it back to whatever that superficial situation was like, well, but I think it's important for my healing that I make a complaint about this woman. And don't you think that I need to do this for healing in my life? And 
you know, I really think I need to focus on this complaint. And will you help me focus on this complaint about this woman who worked in the department store? Because I believe that that's what we should be doing because it's so relevant to my treatment. Be like, uh, not really, but okay, what the fuck? And I think that that becomes more of a bigger issue too. You know, it's like if you have any kind of a job in which you have some sort of expertise, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a plumber, if you're an auto mechanic, that you have some area of expertise. And what will happen is people will try to tell you how do you do your job, right? If you're a doctor, they might say something like, Doc, are you sure that's the right diagnosis? Because I read this thing on the internet and I'm pretty sure I have this other problem instead. And so it kind of happens in everybody's job. Um, but it's interesting when it happens in therapy because I think people will try to get us to sort of run the sessions the way that they think the sessions should be run. And again, it's probably based on something their cousin Billy told them or something that they saw on TV. But, you know, they'll say something to the effect of like, well, I think it's really important that we focus on this issue because it's so important for me to get closure on this issue. And I think I've mentioned this before, that closure is a pop psychology term. It's not a real thing that nobody needs to get closure. They need to work through their issues. And it's like, really, where did you learn that you needed to get closure on this issue? And it'll be like, well, I read in a magazine that people suffer from anxiety when they don't get closure or whatever. It's not really real. But they insist that this is how therapy should be run. This is what we should be doing. And this is how we should be doing it. And, um, you know, and then there's an objection to anything else that the mental health expert would like to do. So then... It's like, why are you here? What the fuck, right? It's like, what do you need me for? So more often than that, though, that's probably a little bit more rare than this. When a person sends their family member to therapy, whether we're talking about a mom sending a kid or a spouse sending their spouse or a partner sending their partner, that the person who is sending and usually paying for the therapy has expectations. And they will tell you as a therapist, right, the, the person who is sending the other person to therapy, they will tell the therapist what they expect to have happen in these therapy sessions. And they will have their own measurements of knowing how a person is doing in therapy. And it'll look something like this. Well, I'll know that when my kid finally leaves the nest or gets a job or when my partner decides to stop cheating, then I'll know that you did your job. And they may not be so obvious in, in saying it like that. 
to the therapist, but you'll get hints of it. Like you'll get that phone call, right? The therapist will get the phone call from whomever it is saying, well, I noticed that they haven't been sending in as many applications to the jobs as I wanted them to. So I'm not really sure that this therapy thing is working out. I'm not sure they're getting anything out of the therapy. And it's it's tough because you don't want to say that they are getting something out of the therapy and the treatment goal is not for them to get a job to heal them emotionally. So you have to kind of play the game. But for the most part, you've got somebody else who's decided what the outcome of therapy should be, even though the person really needs something else to happen. But what do I know? I'm just a mental health expert. What the fuck? So in any case, that's just a little bit of inside information into what it's like to be a therapist and sort of having to deal with all these extra issues that sort of come up. And we all have these experiences. All of us who do therapy have these experiences. Nothing that I have said today is completely unique to me. Ask any therapist about it. And it's just kind of funny. But I don't know. Do what you will with it. It's just how it is. That's my view from my lens as a psychologist. Thanks for listening.